Assalamu alaikum guys, welcome to another Fairykum episode. Today we had the very special Sheikh Bilal Asad on the podcast. We spoke about something that needed to be spoken about, especially in this day and age. It's controlling your desires in this generation. We need we need you guys to also do something for us. We need 500 likes on this video because we have a second part to this. And it's about, yep, you guessed it, your favorite topic, marriage. If you want that video, make sure you smash the like button. Get us the 500 likes on this one and then we'll release the other one. But if not, then, you know, you're not going to get married. Correct. Assalamu alaikum. Desires and controlling them, especially in the 21st century. Uh, and especially more now more than ever, it's actually very difficult. And I reckon it's essential that we actually speak mm. about this topic. Because there's a lot of kids and a lot of probably even adults as well struggling with keeping their gaze lowered and making sure their gaze... Gaze with the Z E. Um lowered. And um yeah, and uh, one thing that I noticed is like or what that I've that I've like been told a lot was that every single thing that you see or you come across or you hear that's haram or or um what's the other word like indecent in a way aib. has an effect. The word aib, yani. No no aib. Yeah, the indecent socially unacceptable or something, or, or religiously unacceptable, religiously. more so. So you come across, for example, you're just scrolling through Instagram and bang, you see something you're not supposed to have mm. seen. Mm. That has an effect on you, regardless of whether you like it or not. It's going to have an effect on your mental state and the way your brain functions from that point forward. And um, there's a lot of other like effects that we we don't know about. You know, subconsciously we're taking in a lot of things. And um, I wanted to see what you, what you've seen in like your day to day work with the youth and and seeing all these children at school and stuff and just yeah I'll get you to touch on that topic because I went on a tangent. My apologies. <laughs> it's all right, Habibi. Cut me off any time. All right, we're just having a chat. Let our viewers um, feel like they're with, they're with us. Alhamdulillah. Wassalamu ala Rasulillah. Yeah, and we live in one of the most challenging times, the twenty first century. Of course, there's always been challenges. The only thing is that in the 21st century, the challenge is different. Uh, yeah, and I w a lot of people think, oh, the olden days were easier, or the olden days we didn't have this. Yeah, true. But they had, they had other challenges that were just equal in, 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 in difficulty. But in our 21st century, we have challenges that are different and very intense. Uh, I can uh, courageously say, uh, you know, pornography is huge at the moment desensitization to what used to be as you said indecent wrong um, harmful now it's morally okay when for thousands of years it was immoral normalization of things that are that are just wrong morally emotionally physically psychologically religiously now it's just normalized anything goes so uh we live in a time of, a, I can say, hypersexualized society. Compulsive sexual behavior, as scientists call it. Which some of, some of it leads to addictions that we didn't have before. Which now we see diseases and sicknesses that we haven't heard of before. As the Prophet ﷺ, he said in the hadith, which is in Sahih Muslim, and similar to in Bukhari, that towards the end of time, uh, people will normalize fahisha. Fahisha usually relates to sexual indecency. 
because there's halal way and haram way. The haram way is normalized, he said. Desensitized, normalized. They, uh, they share it widely and in public. Uh, they talk about it as if it's a normal conversation, like talking about, you know, a footy ball or something. And he said, until diseases begin to appear in them that haven't appeared, that haven't been known before or heard of before in the people before them. Another hadith, is, uh, authentic hadith, says that a person would would be walking on a pathway, and people will be engaging in, you know, indecent uh, sexual acts. Uh, and uh, people will merely say, look, just can you just move to the side so we can walk? Meaning, it's very normal. Mm. Uh, as a teacher, as a you know, a youth uh, counsellor and all that, I obviously I see that um, the behaviour of younger people is becoming r- rude. Before, it co- I mean, in, in the past years it was rude, but... There was some shame. There was some guilt. Now it's m- the way I'm seeing it is that it's rude and publicized, and as if so what? We don't care. Mm. Normal. The last two years of lockdown, I think this is my own theory now. Allah alam, because at schools now, not just in Muslim schools, in all schools, I saw it in the paper that uh, they're dealing with problems with discipline and, and behavioral issues, and um, uh, at the moment, youth don't really care about morals anymore. So. Uh, They've come out out of this lockdown with more indecent behavior, disrespect, you know, uh, violence, everything, theft. Uh, they challenge you. So, Allahu Alam, I think a lot of the social media has played a huge effect. Not social media itself, but what's mm. what are, what they're viewing on social media, what's readily available. Available. Mm. So you've got uh, day and night. They were in lockdown. They were in their rooms. They were on their phones. Because when you're bored, that's what you're going to do, right? You can't go to the gym. You can't play outside. So you're looking at this stuff. And what they're seeing, they're, they're on TikTok, on Instagram, on Snapchat, yeah. on their own school thing. And, and what do they do? This stuff keeps coming up because that's the biggest moneymaker, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Especially people that you know. People that you know, they offer to, say, girls, for example offer to show you pictures of themselves for popularity, fame or money. I've heard about mm. many of them and the boys like that so it's it's easy, easily accessible mm. and uh, seeing uh, people doing pranks and uh, rude things in shopping centres, in public places, in schools, pranks to get views and make money and what happened, I think, is that these youth have seen all that and thinking, okay, everybody's doing it. And it's all fun and games and they're all laughing. Uh, some of them are violent. Someone breaks his nose, he's laughing about it. Someone mm. uh, kicks his friend in the head, for example, and, and he goes, uh, he swears at him, but he gets up and then he does it back to him and, and, and so on. And girls do it to each other. These things do normalize wrong acts and you become desensitized. Yeah. So when, when we see them coming back to school, a lot of them are doing that stuff. Yeah. It's crazy that you brought up the whole people use this um, this indecency to actually create a profit or to create financial mm. gain, you know? And one thing that I've noticed recently is that they're rewarding it a lot more. Like they're starting to financially reward people for doing the That's wrong thing. That's what it is. It's not about the act anymore. It's about what makes me 
more famous or gives me more profit or gives me more benefit. Rasul told us, there's nothing, Allah says, He never speaks of His own mind when it comes to uh, morals and religion and life and purpose. In huwa illa yuha, He's been told by the angel from above seven heavens. He said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, He told us that uh, He said to the Ummah, His nation, He said, It is not that it is, I do not fear upon you that you will worship other gods in the land of Islam. He's talking about Makkah and Medina, for example, and that's everywhere as well. It is not that I fear upon my Ummah that they're going to worship other gods and worship statues. You ask any Muslim today, you say, do you worship? Says, no, I don't worship a statue, no way. Mm. Even the most irreligious one, far away from religious, I'll never worship a statue. But Rasul Sallallahu says, it is the dunya that I fear upon you. What do, what do I mean by dunya? He said, you start to compete for it so zealously, compulsively. You will compete towards it and fight towards it. As the ones before you fought, for it and competed it, it destroyed them it will destroy you as it destroyed them what's it destroying? destroying your morals destroying your shame destroying your family makeup your relationships destroying your identity destroying your self-esteem your pride who you are your purpose in life your goals in life the meaning of life why are you here? so it's all a distraction upon distractions and then the salat goes away the fasting has no meaning the charity has no meaning. Empathy is gone. It's all about me, me, me. I think the big thing as well is sometimes we, a couple of years ago, we might have lost some of those things and really felt bad about it. There's remorse. Like, I know I should be praying. But then maybe there's even been a change now where you don't feel bad about it. You yeah, know, because a lot of times we kind of kill these thoughts. We don't want to feel bad. So we just, like, we, miss, we sleep through Fajr and we're like, I'll just pray at 8 o'clock when I wake up. You know, and it's that kind of thing yep. just because of it becomes a norm. You ask your friends, oh, they don't even pray. So at least I pray at eight. And it's that kind of, you yeah. know. I feel like we've lost the sense of authority. Yeah. Like so like if we're going to count the problems, there are so many problems that have developed. The reason I've opened it up with this is not to, um, uh, you know, demotivate anybody. Alhamdulillah, there is still good. It will never stop. So mm. long as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows that so long as there are righteous people who are commanding good, prohibiting evil, meaning guiding people, helping people, counseling people, um, you know, standing up against the wrong, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will keep this world going. Rasul said, Ya Rasulullah, would Allah destroy us while among us there are the righteous who mend what is broken and guide what is lost? He said, no. And then he said, وَلَكِنْ only if إِذَا كَثُرَ الْخَبَثِ if immorality, indecency, uh, wrong, uh, oppression exceeds beyond bounds and there's only mm. a, a, a handful of those righteous people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may take them away and end the world. Because Allah doesn't let this world become corrupted fully. Yeah, and He leaves some choice to us, but He won't allow it to be inherited by the corrupt people everywhere. So this is a sign that, alhamdulillah, we still have a lot of good. However, right now we're going through a phase where uh, we're discovering a problem. Relationship breakup, divorces, uh, parents and children, uh, children running away, um, uh, lots and lots of mental illnesses, depression, anxiety and so on. Um, and uh, yeah, of course, Salat is becoming a thing of, of whatever, lazy. And, and what happens is, this is what happens, look, when materialism becomes my motive and everything, my distraction, and you take that away, 
I don't have any more purpose. What am I looking forward to? Mm. I'm going to get depressed. It's going to affect my mentality. And if materialism becomes my goal, then obviously the things that I can't see right now, that I can't touch and feel, which is the hereafter, mm. that's, I'm not going to think about that. Mm. Yeah, now I can go to a, how many people we bury. There's no, no sensitivity towards it, nothing like that. You know what that is? When I develop a habit of immoral habit, at first I'm guilty. So Allah's mother created us naturally with shame. When I get a thought or someone puts a thought to my mind, when does it start? Probably at puberty. 12, 13 years old at school. Maybe year 8, year 9. Mm. Friends start talking. They see something. They give us ideas. I've never thought about it, right? But I start thinking about it. The thought starts. The fact that I had a thought, if I don't fight that thought away, it's going to turn into an idea. If I don't fight the idea away, it's going to turn into a plan. If I don't fight the plan away, it's going to turn into an action. The action is not fought, then it becomes repeated until it becomes a habit. If the, once the habit is established, this is where the point of difficult to return, and that is when I do that immoral act and I don't feel any guilt whatsoever. Desensitized. I don't even need to talk religiously here. We can just talk psychology and science. Mm you do reach a point of desensitization. And when you reach that point, it begins to affect your entire life. It affects your work, your school, your relationships, your health. I'll give you an example. Uh, a person reaches puberty, goes to school, sees some friends, friends looking on social media. Ideas are everywhere, right? They give you an idea about, say, looking at haram things, pornography and stuff like that. Well... The shaitan now helps the situation. You've got a thought. Okay, well, some some kids, some teenagers, they feel that they're left out if they don't take part. Others, they think, oh, I've always wanted to talk to a girl and see a girl, let's say from a boy's perspective. Um, that's a thought. If I can't talk to a real one, maybe I can talk to a virtual one. Uh, if I can't talk and I'm awkward, maybe I can text and I can use a username. So now it's a thought. Now it turns into an idea, right? And some kids, they, it's their desires, it's their temptations. They want to they wanna release that energy somewhere. So these kids, they give them thoughts. You start getting thoughts. That thought turns into an idea. And then if you have a phone, you sit at night, you know, 10 p.m., 11 p.m. Instead of going to sleep, the phone's with you. Start scrolling. You can type anything on Google. The first time is very, it's guilty. You feel, oh. Second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, so you got away with it. And then what happens is that it starts to develop into a habit. The location is the bedroom. The time, 10 or 11 p.m. The, uh, the devices, they're readily available for me. Uh, the privacy, yep, no one comes into my room. Uh, and then, day after day, night after night, what happens is that as soon as, soon as you get to that location, as soon as you get to that time, Let's say in the daytime, you don't you think of yourself, oh, I'm so I shouldn't be doing this stuff. That night comes, that location comes in, because you've conditioned the that thought. It just your body says, okay, it's a habit. Let's do it again. Let's do it again. Let's do it. And then these people start staying up until what? Two a.m., three a.m., four a.m. They wake up to go to school, to work. Their eyes look 
very sh- bloodshot red. They're tired. Their bags are going and they're, they're pale. Uh, and it starts affecting their work, their schooling. They can't get their grades up. They can't get their work. They get fired. They start having problems in their relationships. See, everything starts somewhere. And then when it develops into it, you become desensitized to it. Then it becomes a serious problem, medical problem as well. Mm. So... We're talking a lot about the problems. We're talking about what's actually happening, some of the places where it's coming from. We have to be aware of ourselves, aware of our environment, aware of how things start, aware of where we're getting it from. That's the first step. Second step is to start making a decision. So you've got to see, okay, the second step is to seeing what the problem, like um, the dangers of it. One kid said to his father, who used to smoke cigarettes, he said, Dad, is it, I, he is a, it's a real story of someone I communicated with. And he said, my father was smoking cigarettes, was a heavy smoker. One day I looked up at him, he goes, I was 12 years old. And I hugged my dad and I started crying. I said, dad, I don't want I want to grow up when you're still around. I, want, I don't want you to die. You know, the cigarettes are going to kill you. I want you to be there for me. And so he goes, I affected my dad in such a way that he got this fear that just made his whole body shiver, like a, a, a um, coldness down his spine. And this fear, he goes, I could see it in his eyes, and he threw the cigarettes away and never smoked again. The fear stopped him. The fear stopped him. He doesn't want to die and not be there for his son. You know, his son is everything for him in Islam. We're talking about a non-Muslim here that I communicated with. Now he's older. Alhamdulillah, mm. he's learning about Islam. Same with everything else. Uh, the fear of uh, these uh, habits, these bad habits, knowing what actually can happen to you if you continue down that road, can help people reverse addictions, can help people go back on track, can help people change their ways and replace their bad habits with good habits and get back on track, inshallah, and be, succeed in life and in the hereafter, inshallah ta'ala. I was going to ask you about solutions to these problems. Yeah, like and that's what we're working towards. Decision. Now. Yeah. So um, one thing that I've noticed that's worked for me in anything that I've done incorrect, because we all sin. And the best way for us to, like everybody has a different, pathway to fixing themselves and one thing that i felt like worked best for me was to just completely remove myself from the harmful situation Mm. so where would you rank that easier said than done for you how old are you now 25 (laughs) you got a bit more independence now but if you're stuck out of school you have to go there every morning you're in year seven in year eight year nine year 10 year 11 year 12 seven years Yep. Grade six, you're stuck there. You have to keep going. You have to hear, see the same people, hear the same stuff, uh, communicate in the same way. You can't get rid of them, correct? Correct. Yep. You go to work, same thing, for example. And at uni, you can probably go to the library or whatever. Mm. But yes, removing yourself from the environment is the best, one of the best, is the, is the amazing first step. But some people can't remove themselves from the environment. Isn't that right? Correct. Yep. Hala, y- y- so you've got to work towards it. Change your friends. Masalam. Uh, um, after school, pick up another, uh, pick up a, a hobby or a sport or an activity that where you meet people who are different to the people at school, so that you know that you do have a place. Um, uh, but make sure that, wha- like when I was a kid, my father, we were talking about it before this, that my father used to choose to be selective with what the the places that we took part in, the activities, the the things that we watched. So this has an impact on you, who you choose to be around, the community you, want, you choose to be around. Anyway, uh, uh, removing yourself from the environment is the best thing. You can still do it at school and at work, 
you, know, you can have your friends and uh, they're talking or doing something that's not right. Have the courage. It starts there. Be brave and make the decision to walk away. So go to some other friends. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't really talk to them, go and talk to them. Go and mix with them. It's all right. Uh, a lot of young people don't have that courage to move away from that from that situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, um, I remember year eight kid, he said, I was with some boys, some friends, and they were backbiting this other, this girl behind her back. And uh, they were saying nasty things. And I re- he remembered some class we had about backbiting and gossiping. And he said, uh, I, I summoned the courage to say, boys, stop it. And when they wouldn't stop it, I moved away. Because it made me feel empowered, man. I felt strong. Mm. I felt really strong about it. I remember another year nine kid, he said to me, um, well, I shouldn't call him a kid, year nine is a teenager. In Islam, he's, you're an adult. So you start getting uh, accounted, uh, account, you're accountable by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So he remem- I remember he said, look, I've had these friends since prep. And now they're all teenagers, but the other day one of them got a cigarette from his dad's house and he started blowing circles and all of my other friends thought it was cool how he was blowing circles, something about just being different, rebellious. And then he offered us cigarettes, they all smoked, I didn't. What should I do, sir? What should I do? I said, you know, you've got to mo- remove yourself from that environment. You can do that. Mm. Easier said than done as well. He goes, when they call me up, what should I say? I say, say... I'm not going with their cigarettes. He goes, I don't know, sir, but then they're going to look at me funny. I go, so what? Mm. Let them look at you funny. They're going down the wrong path. Mm. Use your brain. This is your time now to to stand up for yourself and make yourself a man. Make yourself somebody. Well, become start becoming a man. Where In, in what sense of a man? I have to explain to you. That one of the characteristics of a man is one who can control uh, himself and discipline himself. He said, I'll try, I'll try. And Haram, he went and over the weekend they called him. He couldn't resist. He went with them. He came back. And this time he said, sir, wallahi, you're right. I tried, I tried, but couldn't. I went down. The peer pressure was so much. He got the cigarettes again. And I just remembered, I've got to fear Allah. I've got to fear Allah. I'm not going to do it. The moment I do, I'm going to keep doing it. Mm. He goes, and I refused. And now, subhanAllah, I found it easier to not go out with them. He goes, the fact that I said no, they didn't want to call me anymore. Yeah. So Allah helps him. Mm. He said, that's fine. You're gonna, Allah's going to bring you different types of friends. Allah's going to different different types of communities around you. Mm. Inshallah, you'll hypnotize the people that you, if you're a positive person, you're going to hypnotize hot positive people. If you're a negative, you're going to hypnotize negative people. If you're a person who, who, who lets people walk all over you, you're going to hypnotize the people who are going to bully you and your friends are going to be like you. So mm. you can change yourself. Alhamdulillah, it worked. So you are right, Akhi Suhail. Remove yourself from the environment. Mm. Um, so let's look at where is most of this immoral, immorality coming from these days? Where do you think it's coming from? I'll definitely say social media is social one media. of the biggest ones. And to get to social media, what do you need? Phone. Phone is the first Laptop. thing, right? Uh, you need devices. Mm-hmm. We've got to do something about these devices now. Yep. If a person really doesn't, uh, if a person wants to be successful in this life and the next, and wants to reach their goals, and wants to feel healthy, proud, happier in life, and have good relationships, and be able to uh, reach great heights, inshallah, then they have to make the decision. Where does everything start? It starts with you wanting it and you making the decision. Don't rely on anyone else. Don't rely on your mum and dad and your brothers and sisters or your friends or the sheikh or I don't know, some magical thing is going to come down from heaven mm. or waiting for a dream that Allah is going to show you or waiting for a feeling of some sort. It's never going to happen. It's never going to happen. First, rely on yourself. You have to make that decision. 
do you want to change? Do you want to end up a loser or do you want to end up a successful person in this world and the next? Do you want people to respect you? Well, they might say, oh, I don't care what people think. This, this is a fallacy. You do care what people think. Mm. And how people think about you has an effect on your entire life. When you go for a job interview, it's about how, how, your, how the people employing you think about you. When you get married, it's about how that perspective other things about you. When you um, want to join a sport, it's how your mates think about you, right? People dress in a certain way. They go on TikTok and all that and they show them so that they put on a fake tattoo sometimes or a real tattoo or they put on a particular hairstyle. Why? Because you're, you are thinking about how people think about you. Because when people think about you in a certain way, opportunities open up either in a good or the bad way. So don't give me this rubbish about um, I don't care. Yes, you do need people to respect you. You need to respect you for the things that you respect yourself for. Mm. All right, not a fake person. So first of all, respect yourself and then watch the respect of people coming to you, inshallah, because Allah says to his angels, I love so-and-so, and then they start loving him. And then the love of that person is placed on earth. Even your enemies, inside they respect you. The enemies of the Prophet Muhammad who fought him, they respected him. And they loved his quality more than their own. But they were just had arrogance and pride. And that's okay, but they still respected him because he stood up for something. Yeah. So what were we saying? We were saying that... Um, you got to make it remove yourself you got to make a decision you got to want it that's the first thing mm -hmm. you got to want it if you want it now you can make steps towards it inshallah yeah. you're going to want to what do you want you don't want to be a slave to anyone or anything isn't that right yeah. would any of us here like something else to take control of us and i'm a slave to it no i don't want anyone to boss us around last year so the first thing is our devices, a lot of us can become enslaved to them and they become our master. They are, de they are designed to enslave us. Mm -hmm. And once you get enslaved, it takes control of your entire life. So you've got to do something about that device. You've got to start somewhere. If a person's not addicted yet, hasn't got a habitual compulsive habits, it's easier. Once you're addicted, you're going to have to now cut down. So you've got to do something about those devices. Now, remember what I said in the beginning? Where are ha how, how do habits... Uh, what are the elements of a habit? What are, what are these things that, that um, urge you so much to do a particular thing that you don't want to do, that you know is wrong? Number one, the location that you became accustomed to. So the location. That location has to change, right? The timing... Usually habits start at timings, so it automatically comes back. The tools, so your device is the tool. Isn't that correct? Yeah. These are three main things. Location, the time, the tool. You're going to do something about these three. The tool is the thing you need. Yeah. Take away the tool, your location and your time is also going to change. Yeah. It'll change, inshallah, slowly. So say to yourself, I want to change. I don't want this to enslave me. Far out, every morning I wake up like a zombie. I can't focus in class. I can't work. My brain, I'm just looking, I can't look at people in the same way. What's going on with me? You're okay, but it's just that you've been looking at things and watching things over and over so many times mm. that you can't help but that's the first thing that comes to you. The other day, I'm, sometimes I speak to students, and you say a word, mm. a word, very innocent word. So they look at each other. <laughs> That oh, word. Yeah, yeah. Why? Very innocent word because of what they've attached and associated this word with. Mm. Yep. Sexualized words. Mm. Right? Change that 
and watch what happens inshallah put your device away so let's say at 10 p.m you go to sleep that's when it happens in the bedroom with the door locked can i give a tip for how to keep your phone away tell me there's a t- there's something there's a product you can buy on amazon online anywhere it's just a small tub box and you can pretty much put your phone in it and put a time on and it locks and the only way to break it is pretty much with the hammer you put a timer for 10 minutes, 20 minutes, an hour, and a lot of productivity people do it. So if you feel, like you said before, with your friends, there's always going to be a bit of friction. But if you really want the change, you're going to have to be a bit uncomfortable. So you put your phone in the box, put a timer on for three hours, for example. Mm. And then you, then you go to sleep, you can't use it. The only way to do it is break it, and it's a waste of 20 bucks. Yeah. So the best thing to do is actually do, do a lot. Seek help from a friend, from a brother, a si- maybe you know, a sister even, if she can help you, your parents. Tell them, I want you to look after this phone. You know, somewhere, do something to keep the phone away from you, right? You'll get tired, you'll start sleeping. Guess what? That bad habit will now be replaced with a new habit. Habits don't really go away, they're replaced. Desires don't go away, they are just replaced. Suddenly at 10 p.m., 11 p.m., your mind starts getting used to sleeping time. Then you see the effects of waking up happy. Say, I'm happy, I'm really, I'm I'm all right, I'm I'm focusing more, okay? Now, obviously, you can relapse over time, so you've got to be aware of yourself. Now, that's just an example. Some people, I want you to think about this, in Ramadan, we just passed Ramadan right now, didn't we? People fast in Ramadan, they get closer to Allah, they're in the masjid, they're praying, everyone's around them. Your friend says, haram bro, it's Ramadan, don't, don't show me that, don't talk about that, come on sister, you know, come on, don't, don't do that, it's Ramadan. Everybody reminds each other, guess what? You find yourself stronger in resisting haram things, you do. Mm. Even no matter how, so before Ramadan you probably... You know, up here in, in, in bed. And then in Ramadan, it's probably down here. You're still probably doing things that shouldn't be done, but it's significantly decreased, isn't it, mm. in Ramadan? What is it that's doing that, right? So everyone says, oh, because the shaitan is locked up. No, that just plays a little bit of a role. But that's not why. Your desires are still there. The shaitan's uh, ideas are still there. And you still got the friends and the device itself is a shaitan. There are also human shaitans. They're always on your device. They're worse than the actual jinn shaitan. They're not locked up. And they're worse than the actual jinn shaitan. So your device has got shaitans on it day in, day out. You have to lock them up. But in Ramadan, you do it. Because you don't want to lose the rewards of your fasting. You don't want to uh, lose the hereafter. You know that breaking your fast is a major sin. Right? Something about it. So you made the decision that for one month you're not going to look at any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. And you do. And you do. You control it, mashallah. I'll give you a... I don't know who's going to be watching this, but I'm going to go a little bit maybe M-rated. Some people uh, have got a location like the shower. Every time they go to the shower, they take their phones with them. Yeah. And from there you know what happens. A lot of people become addicted to that. Or a habitual. I should say habitual. Uh, or they go to the bathroom, the toilet, and they take their phones with them. In Ramadan, some of these people, they don't have a shower in the daytime, so that they don't break their fast. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Uh, so they reserve their showers to nighttime. Okay. <laughs> they thought, because I'm not fasting. But then someone comes up and says, but your fasting is also at night. You know, you can ruin your fasting in the day. <gasps> oh my God, no, I don't want to do it. And then, subhanAllah, after a month... You find yourself coming out of Ramadan and what? You find as a bit of a strength that you've developed. You're not remembering it as often. 
whatever that habit was, not remembering it as often. The location has now changed. That location now where you, you're now sleeping on time because you don't wake, wake up for suhoor, your habits have changed. Mm. So you don't really think about them. But in that first week after Ramadan is what makes the difference. Someone remember, they remember, they go, oh, I remember this. So then the first moment you grab that device again, that's it. Your brain just starts taking over again. Now you've gone back and relapsed to that habit. That's what Rasulullah said. Whoever fasts six days of shawwal after Ramadan is as if they fasted the entire year. Why? Because he knows that after Ramadan it's not enough. You're still going to have to, you know, yep. fasting is, is, is a big thing that, that does help you, inshallah. It changes your habits. So we all can do it, mashallah. You know, I say to my brothers and sisters, get back onto listening. For example, if you're a good listener, listen to talks that talk to you about the hereafter. Some people avoid li- listening about Hellfire, for example, or Day of Judgment. There was a good episode with Sheikh Bilal um, with on Fedink on podcast about the hereafter. So oh, we did it over here. Yeah. Okay, yep. <laughs> <laughs> Inshallah. <laughs> right here. Alhamdulillah. So these things, sometimes we need a bit of fear, sometimes a bit of hope about Jannah, about uh, the hereafter, inshallah. It's all about habits. You replace a habit with another habit, inshallah. Now, we have a big problem as well that I want to address the parents and the youngsters about it. Like we said before, we all agreed that we live in a hypersexualized society and one of the main problems is social media networking. And the reason why we said social media networking is because of two reasons. Number one, the amount, the, the things that are more popular on our social networks are immoral behaviors. Number two, the fact that we keep seeing a lot of it everywhere in the entire world, it becomes normalized and we become desensitized. Everybody's mm-hmm. doing it, so what, what, what's the big deal anymore? Mm-hmm. These are two main reasons. So, because I know p- some people can look on social media on, th- on good things, right? That's what they're going to say. But there are good things on social media. Oh. <laughs> but really, what are the majority of things? 100%. That's what desensitizes yeah. you. Now, we live in a hypersexualized society. I read a report the other day that, we'll talk about Australia, for example. I don't know how it is. In other countries, I'll, th- I'll think it's the same. Probably less. They said there has been a spike, a new trend among teenagers that wasn't in, like, not the same as what we saw in the 90s and the 80s. What's this trend? The trend is that boys and girls are not interested in meeting each other anymore and engaging in, you know, uh, we'll just say haram in intercourse acts. Okay. All right. Real life. They're not interested in much anymore. They're not really communicating. Uh, from talk from a non-Muslim perspective. Yeah. Uh, dating among teenagers is is lower than the nineties and the eighties. Let's just talk from a non-Muslim perspective. Dating has gone down. Real life person. They're not really wanting to go out and and have a girlfriend or a boyfriend. A real person. Yeah. And they looked at why has this changed. Why? Why are teenagers not interested anymore in dating girls and girls dating boys as much as much? Well, because there is now an easier, more comfortable alternative to satisfy sexual desires and other emotional desires. Mm. And what is that? Virtual world. Is that right? Mm. They can contact friends and friends who know friends and share pictures and images the boys they make up they start saying things that a girl likes to hear the girl feels that she's so special 
It's all fake, right? It's mm. not, they're all just using and abusing. Girl feels special or there's some other benefit. She'll send something and then these boys share it among each other. The poor girl doesn't know what's going on. She thinks that uh, she's getting the, the you know, she's, they're, they're, they're really, she's really being praised. She's being given value of some sort because she's been complimented. But really on the other side, there's not, not another thing is happening. So now this this what they want out of it is being fulfilled here. Teenagers, uh, you know, unfortunately, the emotions and the sexual uh, emotions uh, they take precedence. They they take over the the prefrontal cortex, the, the the thinking over here, because that's still developing until you're 25. And so they'll they'll go for the easier option. You've got introverts who don't know how to talk, don't know how to socialize. So here is an opportunity. Um, some of them don't are not courageous enough, but then on social media they'll say, "Oh, I've got other people courageous." They'll share it with me, and I'll just be a passive, a passive person, right? Everybody gets to share, everybody gets to enjoy. So now they're stuck on their devices inside. No, uh, socializing is less to the point where Subhanallah, what we <laughs> the problem we used to have before, which is girlfriend boyfriend relationships and zina outside, has now decreased. But now something else is happening. Yeah. It's a virtual world, and what happens from there? What happens from there? Okay. What happens from there is that a real when when a person wants to marry get married, when a person wants to enter a real relationship, right? The virtual world is now their real world. That's the relationship that they remember. And everything has to come quickly, especially for for boys. Mm. And the girls like this you know, praise and compliments and she can also filter herself in any way she wants. The boy then compliments that filtering. I mean, the, the list goes on. Mm. The boy has gratification and, and rewards his um, uh, neurotransmitters that give him the all the happy hormones like dopamine and so on. The girl gets her oxytocin and serotonin and all that coming out, feeling that she's been praised and felt special. But really, subhanAllah, unfortunately, it's all fake. It's all really an illusion. They get married, they c- they're stuck in that world. They're not going to see it in a real life. Mm. So then it affects their relationships, affects their family breakups. That's what happens. Mm-hmm. Another thing that happens is um, uh, the more you get into it, I'm not going to go into too much detail here, but the more you get into it, the more psychologically uh, ruined a person becomes in their relationship because they've got a different outlook on on relationships and on gender and on all of that. Now, the Islamic solution has always been get married for it takes care of your desires and it helps you lower your gaze. It helps you to avoid all these immoral acts. And this for 1,400 years it's been mainly the men. Bec- when it's because when Rasulullah said the men, he meant those of you who are able to look after a family, to provide for a family of you young men, get married. But this also means for women, whoever are able to be a wife and, and, and get ready to, to be part of a family, then get married. For it, it is better for your eyes and better for your desires. It helps you. Mm. And whoever of you is not able to, then fast. Mm. Fasting. We, we saw in Ramadan fasting, your, your energies do go down. Mm. Isn't that correct? 100%. All right. Yeah, to majority of people. Now, We've got a problem now here in our society. In a Western society or a non, a non-Islamic society, or people who don't know God or don't really 
care about religious boundaries, they'll have boyfriends and girlfriends, for example, which is fine, right? It's encouraged. I'm talking about the desires, how to fulfill the desires. Muslims, we don't do that. There's no type of intimate relationships like this outside of marriage. Okay, fair enough. But now to get married, how long do you have to wait? So you need to get, yeah. you need to get a house. Yeah. You're about to explode. So you, mm. You're going crazy. <laughs> right? I, I see the youth, Haram. I really, really feel sorry for them. So there's no outlet whatsoever. No emotional outlet, no hormonal outlet, no desires that there's no outlet. So what happens is they resort to these. So in all areas, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's blocked, it's stuck. Yeah. Marriage is delayed. You're never ready to get married. The law allows you to have a girlfriend and boyfriend, but your Islam doesn't. Um, uh, can't look at haram things on the internet. You can't converse with women in a bad way, in a, in a, in a, in a haram way. So what do you do? You just wait. Okay, do exercise. You change your diet. Sleep Distract early. yourself. Huh? Sleep early. like you Sleep think. early. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, you know, you, you, you put your device away. You do all that stuff, which is excellent. And it does help, inshallah. Here, we can say it's almost impossible for everyone to be able to keep themselves going like that in a halal way. 100% halal, pure, all the way 25, 26 till they get married. Mm. Very, very hard. Can I ask you, um, Ustaz, because obviously we're the young guys trying to get married and you're the marriage celebrant and you speak with a lot of brothers who are have kids that are our age. Yeah. What do you, because like we said before about the maybe the parents' expectations of what the man generally needs, because we're men here, what we need before we get married. What do you, when you have these conversations with the guys, what perspective do they come with? When they do say, I'm not going to let my daughter get married to a guy that doesn't have a house, doesn't finish his uni degree. Do you try to talk to them and say, yeah. like, what happens in those conversations? Always, all the time. And we need more of this type of talk. I think still there are a lot of parents who don't know what's going on. They don't understand the reality of what's really happening. And we're, 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 we're pushing for our Muslim schools to have more sexual education. We want to bring in the morals and the ethics and the skills and the social aspects of it and we want to teach people about what it's all about you know because the virtual world pornography and the likes are not teaching people really how relationships are formed mm. there's a lot of aggressiveness there there's violence involved there's um sexism involved and it becomes objectified so people youngsters looking at a girl or a girl looks at a boy in an objective man it's about the outside look it's about the body and we can see it yeah. right that's not going to develop a relationship at all haram the they're going to survive like that. So that's one thing. The second thing we're advocating for is every time I do a marriage, I, I, I try my best whenever I see an opportunity to bring that up. So I say, and we're here doing this podcast, for example, I, I, I'll use this opportunity as well. And that is, in our society, we need to start talking about parents communicating with their teenage children, making it easy for them to talk to them about their desires about their emotions if you like someone let you know a boy may like a girl a girl may like a, a boy share it with your parents let the parents make it easy on their children to come and talk to them about it dad mom look you know i'm just going to come to you straight out there's this girl at school i like her, i have emotions but well, what should i do mm. what can i do